Hey, nice to have your support on the Aftermarket's premiere podcast. You know, some of our regularly scheduled episodes will be held back. Uh, They'll be released soon. However, getting the most timely discussions on COVID-19 to you will be my priority. Now, my hope is that the podcast episodes released with a COVID-19 theme are there to help you learn from others and offer you options as you make weekly and sometimes daily decisions to keep your business whole. There is no one single answer. It's up to your financial position, the marketplace, and your disaster plans as to what you do next to survive this unprecedented time. Be inspired by this discussion. I think this is a great opportunity to, to not promote your business to get sales, but to promote the importance of your business existing in the community. I think our kryptonite is the fact that we don't change, right? Is that we're, we're afraid of change. And more than anything, now we need to embrace change, right? Welcome aftermarketers to Remarkable Results Radio. Listen to learn just one thing from today's episode on your journey to remarkable results. Carm Capriato, the Automotive Aftermarket Podcast Guy. Welcome to episode 521, recorded just a few days ago. Now, I'm reaching out to get current thoughts from your industry peers on meeting the COVID-19 challenge head on. We do not have all the answers for you, nor do we have advice on dealing with the COVID-19 virus. Remember, cdc.gov slash coronavirus, along with your state and local governments, are your only sources for correct and accurate information. Here's a word from my friends at Napa. Unfortunately, due to the rapidly evolving situation related to the coronavirus, COVID-19, including health and safety risks and travel bans for many attendees, Napa has taken precautionary steps and will be postponing the Napa Expo. We do expect to reschedule the event for a later date and will provide the new dates as soon as possible. Rest assured, Team Napa is as energized and invested as ever in Napa Expo, and we look forward to hosting you at a later date. Hey, we are offering ideas, suggestions, and inspirations to you as you craft the steps you'll need to make to survive this unprecedented outbreak. My heart and support go out to you, your family, your team, and your customers as together we will get through this and come out the other side smarter and stronger for having faced this challenge. With me to help you is Chris Clodier and Dennis McCarran. Find our talking points at remarkableresults.biz slash E521. Links and quotes are there so you don't have to write anything down. You're going to love this very frank and candid discussion. Now, anything I can do for you, just reach out CARM, C-A-R-M, at remarkableresults.biz, B-I-Z. I can put you in touch with resources that can help you on your journey. Remember, remember, it's never too late to do a 180. Stay safe. And we'll talk soon. Hey, a warm welcome to Chris Clodier from Golden Rule Auto Care. Hey, Chris. Hey, Carm, how are you? Good to see you, man. Dennis McCarran, how are you, Dennis? Um, I'm good, Carm. How are you? I don't even know what to call you because I think you're in limbo from whatever you're doing, but it's so, so <laughs> good to have you here. We're, we're still there. It's just uh, due to this, uh, everyone's kind of taking a hiatus on spending cash. So. Really? Why? What's yeah. going on? <laughs> oh, oh, that's right. <laughs> this thing called this this thing called this pandemic. Okay, so that's what we're here to talk about: surviving COVID nineteen as the automotive aftermarket, uh, protecting your family, your people, your customers, your business. 
Uh, we've done a lot on it. There's going to be more done about it. Uh, I want to get this episode. This We're recording this on, on Friday, uh, just a couple of days, the 20th of March, and I want to put this thing out by Tuesday because I want this to be as timely as possible because my goal has always been to help the automotive aftermarket. But, you know, we've been preaching, Chris, preaching literally up on, on, on the preacher's pulpit for, for five years, 745 episodes about what you need to do to run and grow a better business. And some of us may be behind the eight ball. And uh, is it, you know, is it too late to, to, to fix or change? But, you know, we were on a little earlier today with the Town Hall Academy saying, you know, it's probably not too late, but you've got to make some really important, strong moves. Absolutely. Hey, Carm, I want to start out with this quote. I think this is so appropriate. And it says, hard times create strong men, strong men create good times, good times create weak men, and weak men create hard times. So this is a great quote that was given to me months ago, right? So think about that. Hard times create strong men, strong men create good times, good times create weak men, and weak men create hard times. And you think about all the businesses that were birthed through hard times, Mm -hmm. And then they give the business over to their children and their children run into the ground because they didn't know what birth by fire meant. Yeah. So I know this is a hard time, right? So I, I look at this as part of the journey and, and we don't know what this is going to be. You know, maybe in three months from now when I have nothing and I'm living in a cardboard box, um, everything I just said is, is useless. This is a hard time, right? And, and I think it's going to create a, a lot of hard, smart people right? Um, because I think we've kind of gotten lazy. Um, I hate to say it, but I think that we've gone to the excess. And a lot of those processes we just talked about, we need to be on top of, we need to be visionaries. We need to be thinking about the future. We need to think about cash reserves, everything else, right? That, that maybe we didn't have or, or we did have. There's a lot of things that we didn't do, the disciplines of running a great business. You know, I almost sometimes think it was just too easy to be able to put up a shingle you know, buy some tools and, and do brake jobs. And today, um, we know that the, the common everyday brake job isn't what it's all meant to, to be with our, with our high-tech cars and, and, and vehicles and the training that we have to have. But I love your quote. I mean, if anything, we're going to create better, stronger business people when we get out of this, if all of us come out the other end. And, we, you know, frankly, I have to tell you, and I've been on the phone with people, I, I don't think everyone's going to make it, Chris. Everyone's not. That's just the reality of it, right? There, there were businesses that were on the brink of closure three weeks ago, four weeks ago, but January 1st, um, they just didn't know it yet, right? So not everybody is, is, is going to make it to the other side. And I, honest, this is not to sound callous, um, but that, that might actually help the industry. That, that might you know, concentrate a few really good techs in a better shop that can work on different cars. That'll, that'll get kind of the hangers on out of the business. People that are here just collecting a paycheck. You know, there's uh, Chris, you and I have talked multiple times about how we, there's sometimes we meet salespeople and we just shake our heads like, what are you doing in, in sales and automotive repair? You don't like people. Absolutely. So I, I liken it to you know when we had the the uh, the housing bubble, a whole bunch of people flipping houses that really weren't didn't belong doing that. And when the housing bubble hit, it, it kind of flushed those people out. And you're you know you had those part time real estate agents that were just looking for that six percent 
uh, commission check, but they weren't really professionals. So I, I, at, at the dire expense of some people's livelihoods, and I don't take it lightly, but that consolidation um, is going to clean up some of the businesses that really were, were struggling to begin with. And with the, the small amount of, of talent that was in the industry in the first place and, and the hard task of, of finding a, a good technician to come on and complement your business, you know, this, this may alleviate some problems, you know, kind of like how they're saying that this is helping with pollution a little bit and you're looking at different uh, silver linings, you know, that, that might be a silver lining that we, we kind of clean up the industry a little bit and, you know, continue on the, the mission to professionalize this industry the way we need to. You know, Chris, uh, Dennis said to me, he said, we're living through a future history class. I agree. So let's look at the Great Depression, right? Think about the generation that w- w- was that called the greatest generation, right? That came out of uh, all that time and the frugality that they had and what it meant, right? The struggles and, and, and their kids knew it, right? What those struggles meant and their kids respected it, but they certainly respected what they had and they appreciated what they had and they loved what they had. And I think that they saved money, right? And they realized what it meant to have savings in the bank and it meant to, for the rainy day. And we've gotten away from that. You look in, in the headlines and it was every other month that people are living paycheck to paycheck and people are, are overstretched stretched, and, and we've lived to the point of excess. So I agree. Unfortunately, this is going to hurt a lot of people. And and I'm a business owner on multiple ends of this, as shop owner and a software vendor. And I know shops that leverage themselves heavy, you know, buying new equipment, uh, you know, in the first quarter. And, and because money was good, because we weren't going to have a virus that was going to shut us down. Mm-mm. Our first quarter was on par for a fantastic first quarter. Because that last year, the first quarter was hurt by the government slowdown where they weren't paying their employees. Sure. That hurt us, right? And, and that affected us. That was eight, 900,000 people. Now you're looking at four to 5 million people in the travel industry and the hotel industry, right? They're about to lose jobs. So it, it's going to slow down. This economy's going to slow down. Okay, guys, how do we um, how do we get on the other side of this thing? I mean, we're going to be more hardened. We're going to learn a lot. If you had a chance, Chris, I don't know, maybe you will or won't share with us, the, you know, the meeting you had with your people to say, hey, look, at, we're going to come out of this thing, maybe a little different, maybe, maybe, maybe a little hurt, maybe hardened, but we're going to come out of this. What can we tell our people? Man, I told them the doom and gloom first, I believe, to give it to them straight. And I told them, look, times are uncertain right now, and we don't know what's going to happen. And, you know, I don't know how bad it's going to get in in the next couple of weeks, but plan on it slowing down, plan on this. But then I laid out my goals. Once I laid out the doom and gloom, the goals were, hey, let's, let's keep everybody employed and let's keep the doors open. Whatever that means, whatever that entails, we, we need to keep money coming in. I needed my employees to understand that if money stops coming in, that means they can't be employed, right? So, and then I, I you know, we had this discussion earlier on the QC. I've had people come to me concerned about working. And I basically said, look, if you're concerned and we need to change your schedule or do something, I, I'm okay with that, right? But we can't all be home. And I basically told him, if it's me and Patrick in one shop and I'm at the front and Pat's in the back and everybody else is virtual, but we're all still building tickets, the shop's going to stay open. 
If I have to quarantine myself at the shop, I'm quarantining myself at the shop. It, I, I got to yeah. stay open as long as I can. Yeah. So there's there's one right way to do this, and there's two wrong ways. And the the two wrong ways are to not communicate with your people, just clam up and hope this passes over. The second is to get uh, emotional with your employees, whether it's outbursts, whether it's panic, um, to feed off that frenzy that's going on on the TV all day long. Uh, those are the two wrong ways to do it. Ignore it and and be emotional about it. And the right way to do it, Chris, just as you said, is logic. People are going to understand that if you went from 25 cars a day and you're down to eight or four or three, they're going to they're gonna understand the logic that we have to pare down to survive. And once we get over this, that we're going to come right back, right back on online. Let's think about a, a, a way that we could take that yellow pad, Chris, that we talked about earlier uh-huh. uh, on, on the show earlier today, the Town Hall Academy. Take the calculator, your pen and a yellow pad and start literally work toward creating what what would be called a break even ARO maybe card count thing and say listen Absolutely. we need we need $4000 a day at this many vehicles it, it, we can either the vehicles or or the dollars it just doesn't matter and for that number and please Dennis and Chris chime in here's here's the number that we have to sustain what we currently have without making any money but i know i can sustain the business for maybe a week and a half 10 days at this pace gentlemen I I've chosen not to pay these particular bills, but to worry about this. And this is where my new break-even number is. We're in crisis. I'm, I'm, I'm putting it all out on my sleeve for you to see my heart, my emotion for, for, for the gainful employment of all of us and to do what's right for our community and our customers. Is that an approach that may, that number one, we have to do? And number two, for some people, it's going to be very uncomfortable to figure out how to do. Yes, to have a plan. So it's funny. I was just meeting with some local owners, business owners, just a little while ago. And this conversation came up and the conversation was become very intimate with your spreadsheets, right? And a lot of business owners, man, they don't know, and not not Excel, I don't care. It's the idea of your numbers. And Dennis, Dennis is one of my counterparts. He's, he's a brother. He's, he's one of my advisors. And he taught me from a very long time ago, know your numbers. Man, if anything, right now is the time to figure out what your numbers are and not just your PL to be able to adjust those numbers because your your parts are a variable cost, right? So your 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 costs are going to go down because that variable cost goes up based off of how many parts you sell, right? So so you got to be able to adjust that. You got to be able to adjust the things that are non-critical because there's a lot of things in your PL. If you start coming through it, you're gonna find why what am I spending money on this? Why why am I spending money on this? As, as as discussed, I have multiple rounds of, here's what I'm going to do now. Here, here's my con- plan right now. Here's my plan in a couple weeks. Here's my plan in a couple more weeks. If your plan is to run out of cash and close your doors, that is a bad plan, right? That's not a good plan. We need to be able to live for tomorrow. I, there's a certain amount of cash I want to keep before I close my doors. So, if it lasts longer than it needs to, I can close my doors and I want to be able to come back as a business, right? I want right. to be able to live. You're saying don't spend everything. No. Um, you've got to have, no. if, if you say, for example, I need uh, 80 grand to come back whole, then you, you spend up to that number. I see. Okay. I think Correct. you absolutely need yeah. to have that because if you don't, Carm, you don't, if it gets that dark and the government doesn't have money to give out and the banks aren't giving out money, 
their cars are going to need to be repaired, right? This is going to, you know, whether it puts us in a recession or not, people, it, plants have shut down. So cars aren't getting made. So car, people now it's probably going to go to 15 years that cars are going to be around, right? Right, right. So we need to keep our doors open, do everything we can. But if we have to close temporarily to keep that cash to be able to, you know, resurface, that's my opinion. You know, I'm not an expert. The attitude is, is that we're not closing for good, but we're closing for all the right reasons. And that is so that when we come on on the other side, we have a sustainable business model here. I think if you run out of cash, what chance do you have? Well, let's talk about that. How many, how many businesses that you know have a cash reserve right now? Dennis could probably tell you better than I could because he's, he's in the business of selling I, and buying. I've put a number out there, Carm. I, 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 Even if it's a good, get, educated guest. 50%. Okay. 50% could probably go, I'd say a month relying on, on reserves and have um, what Chris was talking about, that, that little bit left over in case you have to shut down. You know, you don't make it, but in two weeks you can open back up and you can, you know, you can, you can inject the business with a little bit of cash to get everybody started back up. So you can, you can start turning the, the, mm-hmm. the cars over. The I, I would say yeah. about 50%. I, I'll, I'll say this. I'm as about as anti-government as they come, but, but we're, the way they've chosen to go down this path, they're, they're going to have to inject literally trillions of dollars. You know, in one week we spent two trillion. Uh, I can easily see this hitting ten, even if it finishes on the the about the three week mark, the four week mark. Um, there's just there's there's too much commerce. I, I'm in a state that's in a basically a shelter in place. Um, I think we have California, New York, Illinois just announced the three. Um, you know, I'm in New Jersey, and I I'm pretty sure Washington is. I mean, you're talking about I think seventy million people. And nobody's looking down a week from now, like that the shop that's down the street from me, you know, he's being told that he's allowed to stay open, but nobody's allowed to be on the road. So how long is he going to be able to be open, you know, working on a doctor's car and a nurse's car and just a handful of people who, who, by the way, are only going to do flat repairs and, and major breakdowns. They're, they're not going to be spending money on a, on an alignment or a, you know, fuel system flush or stuff that, you know, air filters, stuff that, that are highly profitable. So, I mean, we're talking about scaling back to the bare bones in these states that have these lockdowns in place. Um, the states where they don't, I think right now, they're in much better position, uh, you know, not, not to be, you know, regular business. It's uh, nothing's regular anymore, but they're in a much better position to continue to have a casual customer. But in the states that have had this uh, shelter in place, it's you're, you're down to a handful of customers a day. Hey, it's Carm to talk to you about how telematics can benefit your Napa Auto Care Center. Now, thanks to Napa's recent partnership with CarVantage, it's easy for you to connect with your customers and help to eliminate their stress over car care. The CarVantage program lets you message customers directly on their smartphone about any action they need to take, and it's all done automatically based on their car's actual health and mileage. It works like this. You provide customers with a CarVantage sensor that plugs into their vehicle and then connects via Bluetooth to their mobile phone. Then the CarVantage dashboard allows you to set up automated marketing campaigns that target customers based on specific triggers, like when they're approaching their next maintenance interval, for example, or whenever a check engine light is detected. 
Customers, well, they'll receive a mobile push notification and or email when they meet the criteria you specify. You can encourage them to schedule a service or send a coupon relevant to the problems they're experiencing. Now, to make an appointment at your shop, all the customer has to do is select the service, a time, and a date. CarVantage even sends you a snapshot of the vehicle's health prior to the vehicle's appointment so you can plan for the visit. Customers love CarVantage. It gives them peace of mind and the best experience in the market. Plus, CarVantage is free to them. And for you, a special offer. Only for Napa Auto Care Centers lets you give CarVantage a try at a very affordable price. And it even includes free sensors. Other plans and enhancements are also available. Even more important, CarVantage helps you increase customer retention and customer spend. Talk to your servicing Napa Auto Parts store to find out more about what CarVantage can do for your business, plus the hundreds of other things the Auto Care program has to offer. Chris, how do you see the fact that uh, we are we can reach out to our customers and say it's a perfect time to get that maintenance done, perfect time, you know, we've been wanting to fix that front-end problem and do your brakes, we'll come and pick up your car, so they don't have to go out. We have, uh, because I'm an essential business to the, to, to the industry, uh, transportation, uh, maybe we can be really proactive I think so. And and I know you've done a couple of shows on the proactivity and it's great. Dwayne Myers was on one of your shows this last week and, and man, he, I, I saw his post and it was right on. It was, hey, we can do everything remotely. We can do everything digitally. We can do text to pay. We can keep you updated. We can send you the digital inspection. Like you don't need to come in and now everybody's offering concierge service. That's fantastic. So the shops that are already set up to do that, I think we're in we're in we're in a great position, right? Um, it, this you know, and Carm, the, the hope is that hey, by the time you post this Tuesday, they've already come out with a cure, and, and the sun's shining, right? The sun's shining. So you know, obviously, this is changing daily. I think for the next couple of weeks, in my opinion, that people are on vacation, right? I mean, they're working from home, they still have jobs, except if you're in the travel industry and some of the ones that are hit hard. But I think a lot of us, we, so cars are still coming in our base because. I don't think it's gotten to a dire situation yet. Hopefully we get out of this in the next couple of weeks, because if we don't, I think, you know, it, it's people are going to start looking at the oil change and saying, I'm not getting that maintenance done. I don't think you're going to be able to get them to spend money. I think right now, once again, we're, we're all assuming that within the next couple of weeks, something's going to, something's going to break. Yeah. I, I, real quick, Karma. I think it's really critical that if a shop is going to set up a plan, it's not a plan until this is over, you, you have to set up stages of plans. Yes. You know, to Chris's point, you know, right now you could probably get, you know, some good Facebook time and, you know, sit down and call customers from two weeks ago and get them to come in and get those services done. But as this thing starts to continue further on down, you, you're really going to have to adjust that plan because people are going to be changing their mindsets. You're right. You know, there's going to be a, a tiny segment of the industry that is working from home that are going to have their salaries coming in, and that may not be enough to sustain the full employment of a service professional's business. And I, and I, you're, you're right. I, I, I stand very corrected on that. That maybe, maybe many people may not spend money. So it goes back to your idea of the stages of plans. Let, let's get into that a bit. I, I think that you need to take, you know, uh, uh, start with your spreadsheet, start with your payroll, start with your hard expenses. And then, you know, because your hard expenses don't necessarily change, you know, rent. SBA hasn't come out yet 
and I'm hoping they'll come out because they've already talked to, I think, I believe, um, and this is changing constantly, that we now have 90 days extension to file and 90 days extension to pay on taxes. I believe that just, just happened just a little while ago. Okay. I'm waiting for SBA to come out and say, because they're, they're offering loan money. I'm hoping they're going to come out and say, hey, anybody with an SBA loan, you've got some forgiveness time, right? You, you, I know you can go ask your banks right now, but I'm hoping they'll just say, hey, look, like we're going to give you grace period on paying. Because a lot of our basic, biggest expenses are our properties if we own them. So yeah. start looking at those big expenses and see how you can you know, possibly kick them down the road. And, and you know anything big, look at your big ticket items and, and then start preparing for this this you know, as you go deeper, where there's a lot of things you can find, I think, quickly to cut. Like one of the things we cut was our, our simple IRA. We told everybody, look, we're going to give you back your money. We're matching 3%. So you're going to have a little bit more money in your paycheck, which you want. It's cash. And then we're going to keep our 3%. And once this all clears up, we'll give it back. We'll start the 3% again. We'll start matching. But right now, it's just not something we need to do. That, that's one example of something immediate that I think a lot of people could cut. If you know your PL, know what you're looking at. Yeah. One of the things that I've always loved about when, when I had a chance to learn Excel and really get into it, let's go back 25 years, it I, the, the, the power and the value that I, I saw it was the what if scenarios. And, and frankly, if you do know uh, Google Sheets or, or, or Excel, even if you play with it a little bit, you'll see the power in being able to put up a, a sales line and a payroll line and, and see what it does to the cash and see what it can do to a potential pro forma profit. And if you don't do this really well, pick up the phone, talk to your professional accountant, accounting clerk, someone in the back office, your CPA, and say, can you quickly set me up a, a couple of what-if scenarios? You know, you've got different tabs at the bottom so that you can literally look to say, if, as you were saying, Chris, you may have, or Dennis, you've got two or three or four plans ahead of you. And based on what is going on real world for you, you can literally look up those what-if scenarios and start deciding, we are in tab two. Now, here's what we need to be doing. Here's what costs we need to be cutting. Here's where our payroll has to be. And, and you can do that. You're absolutely right with a spreadsheet. And, and when I was in the 20 group with Dennis, I mean, you know, a couple points here, a couple points there, and things change dramatically, right? Dramatically. It, it, this should be daily. And you've you got the formulas and, and you can adjust your formulas as your, as your income starts dropping, you, you know, you can start adjusting things and, and start projecting you know, them out very quickly. And, you know, it, it's, it's super basic. Um, and it's probably been said a million times on on this show. I, if you've had 500 episodes, it's been said a million times. But you know, if, for every dollar in sales, the average shop is only putting about three cents in in net profit. That, that's it. But for every expense, for every dollar not spent an expense, that's a dollar in net profit. So so going through that, and you know, do you really need? All that advertising, the you know the janitorial. So you hate to do that, those kind of things. But even with your, if if you don't own your property, your landlord make that phone call and say, "What are you going to do for me?" Yep. You don't want a dead property either. Half the payment and make up. It, it, you know, just start talking to people and and seeing what you can cut during the recession. Uh, two two eight two nine. We uh, we all went to our landlords and we said we need relief. Now, even in wake of COVID-19, the relief that you need may not be necessarily, you know, really climb out of recession long term, 
But that phone call, to your point, Dennis, needs to be made. The banker needs to be made. Any any creditor that you, you, you can't pay this bill or that bill, you go to the uniform company and says, I love you guys, but we just we've got to terminate for at least 30 to 60 days because it's it's an exp- I don't want to have to owe you money it's an expense I don't need and you know what there's an awful lot of stuff sitting on the expense side of that profit and loss statement to your point Dennis that needs to be looked at you know for us as leaders and you know, we have flocks of of these employees i i think our biggest asset is our employees right and and we owe a duty to our employees so man if it's cutting out and and here's the thing, if you overreact right now and you cut out the laundry and you cut out the 401k and you and in two weeks everything goes back to good, you can call them back up and you can start again. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But cutting an employee is gonna cut us all because we might, you know, on the on this show, we might sometimes talk about grumble, 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 or our employees, you know, don't do what we say, but I don't want to lose any. Right. I mean, I, this is the time I want to show them my loyalty because for the last years, for many years, they've been showing me their loyalty. Right. So as a leader, yeah. man, I want to try and get through this. And, and I, at this point in time, overreacting? No, you keep what you can. And, and yeah. if you overreacted, man, it, but you kept your employees. Don't go fire everybody. O- overreact on that stuff first. But, yeah. but don't, there may come a time where you're going to have to thin thin down the crowd and, and make sure your employees know that the very last thing you're going to do to survive is start letting people go. But it may be hours, not, not positions. Right. And that's it too. Right. And, and that's the next conversation that I'm going to have. Um, Cause a couple have come to me and I said, look, we're good, but they're like, Hey, I'm willing to, you know, have an extra day, you know, a non-paid day. And I'm like, good. So they're coming to me saying, Hey, we're, we're willing to take these sacrifices. And I'm like, good, you know, cause you don't want to force everybody because you want everybody to buy in, but it's good when your people start saying, hey, we realize that this might get a little dire. That's good. It's just a plan, Carm. And let's, let's once again, make yeah. this perfectly clear. Clear. I mean, the government linked their 18-month plan, right? Right. So if the government has an 18-month plan, man, we should have at least a one-month and we should probably have a three-month and we should probably even have a six-month, Right. Because once again, depending on how much cash you have, maybe depending on how much a line of credit you have, depending on how much you know credit you can get, is going to determine how how long that plan may or may not be. Some of us may only have weeks, unfortunately, right? That's right. I mean, well, that's that's the point, um, Chris. The assurance that you are giving to your team's family, uh, you know, Carm comes to you and says, "Hey." Uh, thank you for what you're doing. I appreciate you outlining the plan. My my wife is extremely worried that I could, through some kind of contact, uh, through the people that have come in, the parts that we get, the customers that come in, possibly get this. And her parents live with us. Uh, what do you think I should do, Chris? Yeah, I, I, I think if an employee needs to stay home during this time, I I'm not going to force them to come to work. You know, Carm, I have one team that works completely remote for the software company. We've been remote since day one because personally, I hate offices. I mean, this is my garage. This is my office. I don't like going to the office. Now, my guys at the auto repair shop, they're like, well, Chris, that's not fair. And I'm like, well, y'all have to be there for certain hours, right? But I've always been one, you know, I think I love Gary Vaynerchuk. and, And one of the things he says is, I give my employees too many chances. I love my people, right? So I think that, you know, you don't want the one guy there that's, that's 
or the girl there that's in fear that's, you know, potentially causing short term, I hate to use this word, cancer, right? And getting everybody else scared. Worked up. Yeah. Let, let them, let them go home. Let the people who are going to be there, be there and, and, you know, and work and the ones who who don't. And, and once again, uh, this is, everybody's situation's different. This is just the way I, I would, I would personally handle it. Right. I, I want to communicate as much as, as I can possibly to tell them to keep their jobs, but I'm not telling them if they're going to stay home for a couple of days because they feel like they need to get out of the, uh, you know, COVID fog, then uh, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that. Boy, that's interesting. I love that COVID fog. Boy, that's it. Coin that one. I Man, wish it was a fog. We'd be able to see it and avoid yeah. it. <laughs> oh my God. Because we're in Great fear point. right now, Carm. Yeah. I mean, you know this, and, and even on social media, a lot of, and I like what shops are doing right now. And, 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 you know, to go promote, get your maintenance done in your car is the wrong thing, in my opinion, to do. To promote, hey, we're going to ease your fear and that's, we're going to wipe down your car. You can do everything remotely. We can pick up your car and we can deliver your car. You don't have to come to us. We'll come to you. Like, mm-hmm. we're going to try and, let you do this. <sighs> Dennis likes this term, you know, just let them breathe, you know, just, just for like, Hey, this is one thing you don't have to worry about. If you want us to worry about, we will. And we're doing everything we can to be safe and careful. And you don't have to be fearful. If you come to our shop, we're going to, you know, our guy at the front counter is going to cough on you, right? Take the pictures of the glove. I think that's great, right? That's the message we need to be getting out to because there's just a massive amount of fear right now. Massive. Yeah. So social media is, is a great venue right now, I think, to get that message across that A, show them exactly. It's video, right? You show them how you're wiping down the door handles, the steering wheel covers. You're giving it five minutes to dry so that the it gets actually gets disinfected before you get in. You don't have to wait five minutes just taking a picture, but you can do a little clock that says five minutes. Um, you know, uh, somebody was talking about how the customers pull up and they call the shop. And they say, hey, I'm here. Uh, this is what I need. They get out of the car. They go away. They go back home. Then the shop comes out and goes to the car. And, uh, Chris, you, you were talking about how the digital payments. You don't even have to touch somebody's credit card. They don't have to stand at the counter. I mean, you can talk about how you're educating your employees to stay six feet away from everybody. I mean, you can put all of that information out on Facebook. And, and really, it's our only tool is to go after that emotional reaction to all of this and just start explaining things, how, how you're doing to take care of minimizing the risk. And you can also use it as a tool to talk about how you are an essential service and it's, it's important that you survive. So don't be afraid to ask people to buy gift cards for your shop. Don't be afraid to ask them to prepay, um, a couple of items. I remember, uh, it, it, it's not an exact correlation, but when I lived out in the suburbs of Chicago, there was a place called Nick's Pizza. And they had been around for forever. And during the downturn, uh, 08, 09, uh, he, he put a giant sign outside of his building that says, pay what you can on Mondays, Tuesdays, and Wednesdays for pizza. It, it was total honor system. And then about uh, six, seven years later, he, he got hit with hard financial times. And he went out and he said, look, uh, I'm hurting and, and I need your patronage. And he survived. He actually ended up a couple of years after that, he ended up building a second location. But the, the whole community came around him because they remembered what he did during that hard time. So I think this is a great opportunity to, to not promote your business to get sales, but to promote the importance of your business existing in the community. You are the one that's going to make sure the doctor and the grocery store worker get to work on time and take care of that flat repair. 
And I don't know if it's an unrelated, I, I don't know if the story is true or not, but I, I read it online, so it must be true, that one of the uh, places over in Europe tried to shut down auto repairs, uh, uh, shut down everything, and well, the ambulance tires were bursting, and the you know police cars were, you just, so I think like cars have to run. Our, our emergency service people have to have, our electrical people have to have cars. Like there's a lot of people that need cars. So does does our industry ever become non-essential? I, I don't know that it does because I think that we are an essential part of getting people to where they need to go. Well, and, people are going to have to go places. And there's a good chance that only, let's say, 10 states have to go down into this kind of lockdown, shelter-in-place kind of kind of position. There's a really good chance, really good. It's only going to be about ten states where where there was significant travel between China and and the United States. You've got you know a, look at your international airports. I'll leave it at that. Your big ones. So you're looking at those states that are really going to get hit the hardest as far as automotive goes because there, there's just not going to be business to sustain any kind of extended shutdown. But you're looking at 40 other states that, I mean, the most they might have to do is practice a little bit of social distancing for a month and and, and it, it should take care of itself. So it, anybody watching this episode, you know, what we're talking about here is going to bounce back and forth because each state, I mean, heck, each, each city is going to be affected vastly differently. Some shops, this won't even register as a blip. But, and I'll go back to Carm. The one takeaway, if if we get from the show, and I know you always like to say the takeaway, but I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna take the takeaway, and that's have your spreadsheet right. Go yeah. back to your plan and make it adjustable because this is going to change daily, and it's going to yeah. change weekly. Like it's it's already changed way too quick because all of us a week ago were thinking this. Oh, no big deal. I got a little cash in the bank. I'm good. To oh man, this is you know car counts already started to drop in a lot of places. So man, have that spreadsheet and that plan so you can start adjusting and adjust constantly. One of my best advisors, um, when I started the software company, as a matter of fact, he goes, hey, what's your plan for growth? What's your plan for forecasting? What's your plan for... And I said, well, I don't have one. And he goes, well, you better put one together. And so I spent all this time, effort, energy, trying to research what my plan is going to look like. I put it in front of him and I said, here it is. Are you happy with me, Joe? And he goes, he points out and he goes, it's wrong. I was like, what? He goes, yeah, your plan's already wrong. You, like, this needs to be something that's updated constantly, right? And that's true with your business all the time, but it's especially true now. Our plans need to be fluid. Yeah, it is. It is entirely unacceptable for the workers to come to the leader and say, what's the plan? And for the leader to say, I don't know. It, it's entirely unacceptable. Okay, guys, uh, this was fabulous. We could go on for uh, two hours and, and, and keep going, and maybe we should come back and, and do a part two. Chris, thank you for helping You know, summarize a really big takeaway, and that is the spreadsheet uh, is necessary with the what-if stuff, but I also heard multiple plans. We, we've got to be sure that we have a plan uh, for, for the plan that doesn't you know, meet our plan, and, and, so, and you need to be nimble. You need to be able to, to move you need to share this with your people so that they're not surprised by any of your actions. You need to communicate as heavily as you can. Your team needs to know what's going on, not only in your mind, but in your heart. 
Um, your customers need to know what you're doing, what, what you have planned, how safe they could be in an emergency situation where they need to come to you for service. And you also need to be the centerpiece of your community for transportation needs. And, and if you have to, you know, have someone help keep these vans that deliver food and the elderly to their appointments so that we keep them alive, you need to be known as that, that company that respects COVID-19, the, the, the spread of it, and, and how well your company, your team is reacting to keeping people safe and on the road. I mean, to me, those aren't all the, the, the ideas, guys. Anything to add to that that could help our, our listener? I want to say my last word, and that's, uh, I said this early and I'll say it again, because I learned this lesson years and years ago, and it was from a guy who worked for uh, Sears, Sears Automotive, and he came in, saw my shop, and sat down and said, Chris, you got a great operation. And I said, yeah, but it's hard because I'm a, I'm a small business owner and I don't have the money that you have. And he goes, he goes, hold on, I want you to remember this and burn this into your brain. He goes, your power is that you're a small business owner. You can change in an instance, right? You can change in an instant, sorry. You don't have to go through the 14 levels of bureaucracy that I have to go through. And look, Sears is gone now, right? So I think our power is the ability to change when we need to. But on the flip side, I think, our kryptonite is the fact that we don't change, right? Is that we're, we're afraid of change. And more than anything, now we need to embrace change, right? Um, I've seen it in software, everything else. So realize that's, that's, that's our power is the ability to change. And you're going to make a decision that may or may not be smart, but you can always change that as well. But change is imminent. Our strength is our independence, and and our kryptonite is our independence. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Dennis, you have the last word there's going to be massive change that none of us are going to be able to predict what anything's going to look like in the next month. And and the bottom line is things are going to be very different and some people are still going to be in the industry and some people are not, but we're going to get through this. You know, you, you may be doing something different two months from now, but you are going to get through it. And it is going to work out in one way, shape or another. It's just not something you can see right now. So just, Stay calm, talk to your employees every day, let them know what's going on, and, and work with what you can control. So guys, in the summary of this episode is if you don't implement, you deserve what you get. Hard fact. You're going to get what you're going to get if you don't. I don't. Deserve might be a little too harsh of a word. Maybe it is accurate. But if, if you don't plan for this, then, then you're, you're asking for it. You really are. And, and, and I think that's part of who we are as independents, right? We, we, we can't bear our heads in the sand. We change, not changing is changing, as Rush said. I have free will. I can choose not to choose, but it's still a choice. Dennis McCarran, Chris Clodier, thanks for your wisdom. Thank you, Carm. Take care, Carm. Thanks for being on board to listen and learn from the premier automotive aftermarket podcast. Until next time.